The heart of Christmas, and maybe for some of you today will be your last uh, 2022 service, depending on all the things you might have with your family, service with us. But we've been in in a series, an Advent series. Advent is the expectation uh, of something uh, where we have talked about hope, we've talked about peace, and we've talked about joy. Those are great things. I don't know if you'll run into any circumstances I don't know if you've got some things you, you, you get, need to be reminded of what God's made right in your life, but I can tell you there's a great hope out there no matter what's going on this week, amen, no matter what you're going to run into or what family member. Keep that in mind. Today I want us to talk about God's love and his great gift to you and I. That's what really Christmas is all about. Wouldn't you agree with that? God's love expressed through a Christ child, a manger, because it was for you. If you'll direct your attention to the screen, we'll do an intro video and we'll dive in. Maybe. Love. It's more than a feeling and greater than something we fall into and out of. Love is the ongoing sacrifice of our own desires for the ongoing well-being of others. And at the center of the Christmas story, love is exactly what God is lavishing on us all. His love is why he becomes flesh. It's why he lives with us and it's why he dies for us. That love is what our world needs the most right now. And our own hearts would do well to drink deeply from God's love too. It's an invitation for every person and it's here now because Jesus is here now. This is love. Welcome to Christmas. This is Christmas. Hmm. Love. You know, in the next few days, we're going to continue our pursuit of how we're envisioning Christmas celebration with our families or even with ourselves. How many of you all have already bought yourself a Christmas gift? Come on now, come on, They're just, I just, you just get it because then they put it under the tree for you. You just, you told them what you wanted, right? There, there's a lot of focus on ourselves. There's a lot of focus on a family. Those are wonderful things. There's focus on, on the things we can see. But may I challenge you here at the very beginning of this part of the message of Christmas is God has a plan for the world and you're a part of it. God has a plan to take himself to a place of Uh, of need and hope that is needed out into this world. It's bigger than this church. It's bigger than uh, those that gather in churches. It's bigger than your home. It's bigger really than even your family. It, It includes all that, but it's bigger than that. And you're a part of a glorious story. It's called history when we look at him, a glorious story of now and future that includes Christmas, the love of Christmas. Would you all agree with that? If you hadn't realized it, that's who you are. You know, there's a verse here that defies, or, or defines, excuse me, uh, Christmas very, very completely. It says, God, so what? We sometimes don't see John 3, 16, maybe as a Christmas verse, but he, he, he loved us so much that he gave his only son. He gave, it started in a manger through a, a, a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. But it, it started this whole aspect of us realizing that giving is what Christmas is all about. It comes from love. Here's a quote. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Would you all agree with that? 
It's so easy to have a dirty Santa gift. It's so easy to have a, a white elephant gift or whatever your family may call it. You may have an office party and there's things that you give. But I, when you truly love someone, there is no way. You can ask my wife and keep her in your prayers. She's sick, still sick and actually kind of went a little. Uh, that's why she's not here this week either. But, but I can't help myself around her. I love my wife dearly. Some of you have grandkids. You just can't help. You walk by and you got to buy it. You got to just get that because you just see them in it. It's a little outfit or, or whatever. But for my wife, I, not one gift, but as many as I can afford, right? I love her and we are that way. And that's what God is love towards us is. He gave that first Christmas gift. And that's kind of what started the whole uh, tradition. This first Christmas gift of his son, he gave to you, he gave to me. Guess what? It wasn't cheap and it wasn't without a cost. It was the most expensive gift, greatest gift you could receive. Would you all agree with that? Every uh-huh and amen gets us out of here just a little quicker. Just FYI, I've got three hours worth of material. All right, thank you. Now it's two hours and 59. No, I, Romans 8, 32 says, since God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, then we, then can we not expect that with him, God will freely give us all things or basically give us his gifts or give us the greatest gift ever. Would you, would you agree that that's kind of what we see as far as God's gift, that is love, that he loves you enough. How, how much does he love you? He loves you enough that he would send Jesus to die for you and I, to take care of things, to restore us. He wants to take care of your needs even this morning. You say, Pastor, wait a second. Do you mean he wants to get down in the, in the, the simple stuff like budgets and, and Christmas stockings? Yeah, he wants to go with you everywhere you go, and he wants to be there with you. There's a, a kind of a, it started off as a kind of a funny thing where you'd you know, have a big box and then you unwrap that and there's another box and you unwrap that and there's another box. They're kind of nested boxes if you've heard that story. You know, this is kind of like God's gift to you and I. And that's what I want to focus in on this morning. Uh, when God sent Jesus, he sent the big box called Jesus. It's this amazing gift that comes to us. But there are other gifts that comes there, comes with that. It's kind of like as you unwrap him, the more that you realize that it's for. In fact, in the New Testament, we see the word gift or gifts used many, many times. It's a major theme. Uh, but here's the thing. God wants to give it to you. He desires to impart it to you. And some of you say, well, I already got it. I want us to make sure we didn't just open the outside package. I want to make sure that we are opening all that comes with that. So I've put it into kind of four parts. There's a lot more things we could get into through the Holy Spirit. But we're going to talk about uh, through God's love, Jesus gives you the very first thing. Everybody say it with me. A new identity. I want us to say it together. It's an important point. G God's love, the reason he sent Christ, okay, the reason there's a manger, the reason we have trees and celebration, this gift that's the big box gift, number one thing he wanted to do is give you a what? Yeah. Folks, if we can get that, that takes care of the rest of the issues of life. He gives you a new identity. And if you think about it, what forms your identity has to be uh, a number of things, but it's your family, it's your friends, it's uh, how you grew up, where you grew up, what part of the world you grew up in, the educational systems that were around you. And sometimes we're fine until we go to college and we take philosophy and they try to, their best to give you so many different philosophies, you get confused. They're just all this shaping you, right? And then you add the experiences of good and bad that can be done to you or from you to others. May I suggest to you that everybody in this room at some point in their life has had identity theft, 
I don't, I'm not talking about financial. I'm talking about you had somebody in your life. Maybe it was a family member. Maybe it was somebody you work with. Maybe it was a team member who wanted you to be something that God never intended you to be. He began to, they began to form and shape you and encourage you to be something. And there was this pressure to conform. Folks, that's called identity theft from what God might originally want in your life. So the question to you today is, where do you get your identity? Where does it come from? What do you base it on? Is it your work? If I were to ask you, who are you? If you say, well, I'm a school teacher. Well, okay. Or maybe if you go into a a program that says, uh, my name is Bill and I'm a and you tell them about your thing you struggle with. Do you know what you really are once you say yes to Jesus? I'm a child of the King, of the living God, and I've been set apart and set new through the Son, the special gift of Christmas. His name's Jesus. Do you see the difference of your identity? It's so easy to allow things. Let let me give you some, some practical here. If you make your identity around who you've married, and what happens if something, they go on to heaven ahead of you, and then you have about, you know, maybe 30 years on your own, then what are you if that's all you had your identity based on? Or how about a career? And all of a sudden, you lose your job, somebody lays off, they do a merger, nothing you've done wrong, but all of a sudden, what you had defined your life on is gone. Now, what is your identity based on? Oh, I've seen this, homes, my, my homestead or my, my building that I built or whatever, or, or my wealth or my portfolio. Folks, if you're, you already realize it's had a, a downturn of 20 some odd percent recently, but imagine losing it. And then one that we can all identify with, I built my entire identity on this, this beautiful shape. How many know that fades? And, and, and actually drops. I don't know what all happens, but it for sure, some of your tattoos are changing before your eyes. <laughs> Let me tell you, you got to be careful about your identity, you know? It used to be scary, and now it's like sad. I mean, important thing here, the true identity of who you're supposed to be can't be taken away from you. If it can be taken away from you, then it's a false identity, it's not something that's true. It may give you some identity, some connection to, but, but who you really are will never be able to be taken from you. And so the, the point here is God's unconditional love can never be taken away from you. God's unconditional love, wait a second, you mean without condition? That's right. There's no human on earth that has really the unconditional love that God can lather upon you, can can pour out upon you. And if you want to have a new or a true permanent identity, you've got to receive it. You've got to take it in. And God is there to build it into you through his unconditional love, whereby nobody can take it away. See, this public identity, this identity, this new identity, when we say yes to Jesus, and I'm going to bring in baptism because we're going to have an opportunity for that in the next few weeks, uh, definitely in the first part of the, of the new year, but that's kind of an, a, a, a public declaration of your new identity. I've got a new ID. How many of you remember when you first got your driver's license? You, got, you want to see my driver's license? Really, it's not, it's not this way. It's this way now. Isn't it fun? <laughs> And we're so happy about it. Or maybe you get your concealed carry. Look, (laughs) 
But when you say yes to Jesus, I hope you too decided to tell the world what had changed in you. You're not the old person. You're struggling to be transformed into this new person, but you're no longer that person that you used to be because of Christ. You've been forgiven? How many have been forgiven? How many have been loved? How many know that God wants you to have died to your old ways? I know we kind of go back sometimes, but he wants that. How many of you say, I'm a new person with a new identity? If that's you and you've not been baptized, let me give you an opportunity to sign up. Communitychurch.tv slash baptism. QR code with your cameras right now. Take out your phones. Hold it up there. It'll show up a link. Talk to somebody. Now you say, Pastor, why are you pushing that? has nothing to do with what we want, but you taking that step of public declaration will do something in you. Part of what it's going to do is say, devil, you don't have me no more. I'm just making that very public that what I have done is I've accepted all that God gives me through that big gift called Jesus, that gift of Christmas, and no longer am I going to be identified with you. I'm going to get over here and publicly give the gospel through my death, burial, and resurrection, right? See, when you get put under the water... And you raise up, that looks like what happened to Jesus' life. You're saying, hey, I've stopped listening to the lies. I've, I'm only listening to the truth of God. These, this is some great identification that's good for our culture to see that you're proclaiming that you're new and different. Look what John 8 says. If you follow my words, you will know the truth. And the truth will what? Man, I'm so glad we're part of a body of believers is not about a lot of rules and regs. You know, don't this, don't that, don't do this, don't go to the picture shows, don't smoke or chew, and don't go with the girls who do. You've heard me say that. I think none of that's what we want to do. We want to just love on folks, right? So through God's love, Jesus gives us a new identity. The question is, um, do you have that identity? We're going to talk about it in a little bit. Number two, though, here's what's cool. Through God's love, Jesus gives me a new ability. I don't even like in 2023 to have something brand new just break forth out of you hang on because part of that is going to be something we're going to talk about look at here romans 5 5 says god has poured out his love we've been talking about love into our hearts by the means of the holy spirit who is the gift to us who the holy spirit when you say yes to Jesus, when you allow that Christmas gift, that big gift, that first unwrapping into your life by receiving him, you also get the next layer, and that's called the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, whichever part of the railroad tracks you grew up on, okay? The Holy Spirit, he's saying, I love you, and I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you the ability to live in this new life. You, 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 you'll find that I'm there with you. I will never leave you or forsake you, and, and that it, not only am I going to be around your life, I'm going to be in you. Now this sounds so, some of you say, I've been in church long enough to know these things, pastor. I'm trying to put stuff out there that the Holy Spirit would stir something in you today. Him stir in you. The Spirit in you. We've all tried willpower. This world and and some churches, I see people that they do so much based on my will and my power, willpower. I'm going to, I'm going to start a new year's resolution and I'm going to, I'm going to order the right stuff. Mm, I'm going to, I'm going to empty the cabinets. Mm, I'm going to, you see what I'm trying to do? It's all about me. But God says, no, if you want good and better things in your life, Yes, some obedience or disciplines are good, but without me, you don't have the power. 
What you need is God's power, not just willpower. You want to have a change 2023? You want something to break forth in you? You allow the Holy Spirit to invade your life and mine, and you begin to listen for him. You begin to use the scripture and allow him to reveal to you and lead you. Amen? Hmm, what a concept. You know, it's interesting. We would say that God has got a purpose for everyone that he creates. Would you think he did any kind of creation that didn't have purpose? Any part of creation? No. And he says, but what I'm going to change, put different in you is my creation, yours creation, right? Is, is my spirit, me. And you're going to have the abilities that only I have, but now I'm going to put them in you and through you. Philippians says this in chapter two, it says, now God works in you and he doesn't just take away your desire, but he gives you both the desire and ability to fulfill the purposes for you. I, I, I need to, we probably all need to review what are the purposes driving us this week towards December 25th? Make sure it's the kingdom. Make sure it's the right ones. Oh, there's fuel out there to drive you this and that away from this core meaning of, of Christmas, Christ. Or we can allow him to fulfill through his Holy Spirit in our lives the things that he'd want, right? I don't know about you, but I, I get tired sometimes trying to do everything on my own. Has anybody ever grown weary and heavy laden? We all have. But God is saying, God is saying, part of what comes in this package, this gift, is the power to start over. What comes with it is it, it, the power that you, you can have breakthrough. It, it, it comes with the power to keep on going, folks. And 2023 is not going to get easier. As Christ gets ready to return, the world is going to continue to challenge you, and you're going to need help, and it comes through the package and the gift of Jesus Christ. So many times we, we think it's just about trying. Oh, no, it's about trusting. If you want 2023 to be different, you begin to trust Jesus like you've never been. If you want to, uh, you say, well, I, 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 guilt's been my motivator. That's not from the Lord. He wants to give you grace, and he wants you to worship to him because of it. He doesn't want to pour out on you law and legalism. He wants to what? Lavish you in his love. Isn't that a great thing? Folks, that's a game changer. Because love changes when he fills you in God's love. There's the, God's love is the power to change when we let it. Look at 2 Timothy 1.7. For God does not give us a spirit of fear, but instead he fills us with what? Power, love, and self-discipline. Wow. You have fear moving in on you. You might need to turn up the, turn up the burners on him filling you. And when light fills, it, it dispels darkness. You need to get some darkness out of you. Turn up the worship in you. Turn up what you have in you. Turn to the scripture. So through God's love, we find he gives us a new identity, a new ability. But I don't want to leave this short because he gives you a new community. I don't want to leave you short of thinking that's all I need because there's a world out there that says you don't need anything but him and yourself. And that's not what scripture says. Hang on. Some of you are like, where are you going doctrinally? We're, we're, I'm not going to mess it up, but listen in, all right? 
God says, I'm going to give you a family, a spiritual family. When you say yes to Jesus, when your name is written on the Lamb's book of life, you join the generations that have trusted Christ with their life. You're part of the church. It's a bigger than a, than a geographic or an address, okay? Geographic location. But he also gives you some ones uh, that are, have uh, feet and hands and give hugs. And by the way, Donna Lyons is here, answer to prayer. Let's give a shout out to Donna. So good, so good. See, that's not a, a, an audience of one. This is called the family coming around and praying. You know, to give you a spiritual family, to, to not go through things alone, to, to give you support. And I know there's other stories out there where you have felt supported by those, whether they go to this church or another church, but God's family, isn't it great? Look at Ephesians chapter one. It says, because of his love, God's unchanging plan has always been to what? Adopt us into his own family by bringing us himself through what? Jesus Christ. Some of you have been adopted. Some of you have uh, not only been a child that was adopted, but you were someone that uh, took a child in and made them uh, your last name, in a sense, have legally transferred who they were into now your home. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. God wants to take you from not being in his family. Now, he made you. He made everybody. But when you're over here and you haven't said yes to his son and what he's accomplished, you're not necessarily in the family. He loves you, right? He loves you. He never says, oh, I, I'd only like the ones that I, I built, uh, you know, the first part of this, you know, millennial instead of the last part of the, uh, no, no. I want you to believe in me, yes, but I want you to belong. Believing and belonging. That's a hard thing in our culture. We belong to so many things. He wants you to put you in a, to a group of people that have been, uh, that are heading in the same direction, right? This adoption. Let, let, me, let me give you some, um, let me give you a thought here. The only way that we get adopted is by choosing, making a decision. Would you all agree with that? If you're not an infant child and you're wanting to adopt even, let's say, some elementary age kids or teenagers, one of the things a judge is probably going to say is, is this what you want? Not mom and dad only to be, but is this what you want? And you have to say, yes, I choose this. Think about it. It's a decision. When you were born, just like I, I was physically added to the human race. I got that automatically, but that, that's not how you have family. In fact, if they'd left me in the hospital, my mom and dad, that's when you used to do it at the hospital, okay? I wouldn't necessarily be a Williams. Until it was when they decided, I want that child, and we're going to take him home, and he's going to be part of our family, that it officially got linked in and locked in, all right? And when, when we think about being in God's family, there's a choice. There's something that we have to be part of. God has been pursuing you, but he wants you to choose him. Hmm, interesting, huh? See, the family is the church of the living God, the support and the foundation of truth we find in 1 Timothy. What is the family? Hmm. Well, I would say that the gathered church is an expression of God's family, but I can tell you what some churches, which we're not, we strive not to just be a business or an organization or a club. Shame on us when we're that way. Any of us. 
It's got to be more than that. It's got to be a spiritual family. We've got to love one another. One of the reasons we say love God, love others, is we want to keep that in front of us because it's so easy to, to migrate our, our minds off to, to the X's and O's. No, we're to love each other. We're to support one another. We're to care for one another. Amen? How many like to just say, hey, I like the church, I like God's body of believers who cares for me. How many like that care when it comes your way? How many like caring for others? God's put on your heart to go and love on some, somebody. You know, yes, that's what it's all about. We're all gifted differently. We're all to come together. And who's it for? Can I just say it's for anyone? God's family, what he did through Jesus Christ. I could put up here every uh, nationality, ethnicity, uh, heredity. You can say, well, I was raised this or I was raised that. I've got this kind of religion, that kind of religion. Let me just say this. In this church, and what I believe reflects God's heart, is everyone's welcome to come to the throne of grace. Everyone's welcome to come and find this Christ child, this gift, because it was for you. I always try to remind us never to look down the street, whether it's church row or wherever, or from the last church you came from, and criticize them. I want us to be careful to never, even though maybe they did it wrong. Did you know there's humans in churches? Did you know that if you think this is a perfect church, if you're here, you've just defiled the perfection? Because we're all imperfect. And people do make mistakes. But what we can do from the point forward, future speaking, is we can say there's not going to be divisions. I'm not going to empower the devil's schemes to tear up the body of, the, of Christ. And I'm going to say, bless them, Lord. Maybe they need a good woodshed experience. You know what? Ours is not to judge. God, they're in your hands. I know you've got their best interests. Make sure it's not too lengthy. But, you know, if you want to, it's all right. No. The lesson, the discipline, No. No divisions, no divisions. No, doesn't matter your religious background. I could go so far on this. I just want you to know, though, that God is extending to whoever, no matter how you were raised, to come to the manger. You're welcome here. Amen? What if you're confused? Are you welcome here? What if somebody walks in, they got a little sin from Saturday night? Are they welcome here? How many of somebody says my compass needle's heading in the wrong direction or I don't even know what direction's right? Are they welcome here? Yes, because when God's here, he can do the miraculous no matter what your past or present is. Amen, 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 amen. And may we never get in the way of what he might want to do in somebody. Now, I'm not saying everything goes. Don't, some of you, if you're brand new here, you're like, ah, you hang around long enough, you'll know that we don't compromise the word at all, but we do have the arms and love of the Lord to, to embrace all. That, that's, in fact, it's not only backgrounds, how about sizes, shapes? I was talking to a couple this morning, and one had a thought on this, and it's, who cares, right? There's one more thing that comes with the package. God gives me a new destiny. God, through Jesus, when I say yes to Jesus, he gives you a new destiny. I know for some this Christmas, you're going to have some firsts. And those are very hard. First time a loved one is not with you. My mom's in heaven. 
my mother and father-in-law's in heaven. I've got grandparents and great-grandparents, aunts, just like you. I have, I have friends in heaven that, that should not have gone early. But this gift of giving us a destiny is so encouraging. When it comes through what Jesus did for us, I know that if every one of them, that you, your loved ones who are in heaven, if they could talk to you or reveal to you something, they'd say, I'm up here. You know, some of you are thinking, I don't know which way they made it. But if they're in heaven, they're going to tell you, I'm up here. It's better than I could have ever imagined. They're not going to probably talk about streets of gold. That's probably not even on their mind. They're going to say, I see Jesus. I am free. There is nothing that is binding or captivating me or am I struggling with. It's pure. And I can't wait to see you here. Because you know what? That's where the rest of your life will be played out. That's the destiny, folks. This 60, 80 years you might be given or however long God gives you is just preparation for the rest of your life. The rest of your life. It starts, though, your eternal destination is going to be with what you decide to do with the big package at Christmas, the gift God gives you through his son, Jesus. I know that those people that I just mentioned are in heaven because I know that they said yes to Jesus. Some people I don't know, but I'm trusting God and maybe they'll be there. That's okay, right? But this morning, you can decide for sure where you will be. Now, pastor, don't you think everybody in here knows Jesus? I think we know about Jesus 100% or you wouldn't even be in this building. But I don't know where you stand with him. I don't know if you've opened the big package or not. I know that you probably have great Bible insight, but have you said yes? Then have you started your relationship yet? Man, pastor, you're putting a full court press on us. I am because I love you. I don't want you to miss the biggest and best gift of Christmas by walking out of here thinking you know about God, but you don't know him. You've not asked him into your life. I want you to know that no matter what, that you have a destiny. There's some scripture that takes care of that. I won't read them both, but you know. You know you don't. You can't be good enough, earn your way to heaven. If you're here this morning and you're saying, you just don't realize, Pastor, I've got too many, you know, dings in the armor. I've done too much wrong. I'm still struggling. Maybe if I could get free to that, or maybe I stop this addiction, then God will love me. He loves you now. He loves all of you now and sees what a touch of his grace in your life will do. He sees you whole and complete. He sees the hope that's waiting for you. He sees his love lavishing you and bringing healing and deliverance to your life. He loves you so much that he did send that provision called his son. But Matthew 7 helps us a little bit here, verse 11. If you then... Imperfect and sinful, that accounts me in too. Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Father in heaven give good gifts to those who what? Ask him. Have you asked him? Have you said, I want 
Christ in my life. Hmm. So let me give you a summary real quick. (laughs) Summarize all those slides. God started this whole gift-giving thing by sending his son at Christmas, the first and the greatest gift of all. He sent him to die for you so that you could go to heaven. He's the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega. What he started, he will finish. And through his son, he's going to give you a new identity. Some of us are still learning what that means. Keep pressing in and he will reveal it. Starts with believing, though. And then it gives you the ability of becoming, which he, he, that, that's through the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And he, he, he walks with you, and, and you can even talk with him. There's a song, A Long Life's Narrow Way. There's a song that takes all that and puts it in a great song. And then he puts you uh, around a community where you can belong. And, and yes, it takes a little to, to, to give into that, but all what you would receive. And he gives you a destiny that lasts for an eternity that can't be taken away from you. Ever, ever had an offer? When's the last time you've had an offer? God's offering it today. Will you receive me? Will you say yes to me? Will you be reminded if you already are mine how much I love you? How much I love you. Let's all stand. There are many things during the Christmas season that we get to enjoy, but the greatest of these is love. There's faith, there's hope, but the greatest of these is love. Love is patient and kind. There's so much that we can do with family. In fact, I'd I'd opened up 1 Corinthians Chapter 13, it says, uh, love is, this is, now imagine God with you, but how about you with your family or your office mates? With the Holy Spirit in you, with the helper, you can be patient and kind and not envy or boast, not be arrogant or rude, not be insistent of their own way, except in the kitchen, not be irritable or resentful, but only rejoicing at good things, not wrong things. You'll bear all things because of his love in you, hope in all things and endure in all things because why love never fails. That love that we read in this text came as a gift. His name's Jesus. Do you know him? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that uh, today we can be reminded of the amazing love that you poured out over us. Lord, you've been pursuing many of us in this room, and we, you just caught us, in, and we said yes. But there are some that still are being pursued. Father, I pray that today or soon that they would stop long enough to let you overcome them, that they would fall before you and say, I need you, and that they would let you into their heart and enter into the rest of their life. God, we give thanks for so much, but especially your love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to read a benediction over your scripture. And if you are here today and have questions about 
salvation or anything we talked about today, I'll be up front and be glad to, to walk you through or just talk with you about it. So are you ready? Here's the benediction out of Ephesians. I pray, and if you agree with any of this, go, mm-hmm, or whatever. This could be something, create a revival. I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. I pray that you will be able to feel and understand how long and how wide and how deep and how high God's love for you really is and to what? Experience his love for this love for yourself. Though it is so great, you'll never fully understand it. Amen? Amen. God bless you all as you go out. Be the light bearers and change the world. Be a world changer. God bless. You're dismissed.